Welcome back to Yeah, that can't be good. A rewatch podcast of the sci-fi original series Eureka. Let's get going. Hey, it's Doug with the TV Guide Synopsis, Season 5, Episode 7, Ex Machina. Original air date, June 4th, 2012. Fargo thinks Holly is alive in the virtual Eureka, but a security program hampers efforts to retrieve her consciousness. Meanwhile, Carter is linked to seemingly paranormal activity at Global Dynamics. Creators Jamie Paglia and Andrew Cosby, written by Kira Snyder and directed by Michael Robeson. Are you sure that that picture is straight? Joe, everything looks great. I just know that today is going to be really hard on Fargo and I want everything to be perfect. Hi, this is Vicki and I'm back this week with my co-host Doug Gramley. Hey. And we still, unfortunately, are having remote audio problems, but we're just going to try to wing it. And Doug Gramley promises to speak up. Yes. So we're back with Season 5, Episode 7. Ex Machina. While all of GD prepares for Holly's memorial service, Joe and Allison worry that Fargo is not only neglecting his duties, but does not seem to show any interest in the ceremony at all. She covers for him when her former commander, Major Shaw, tells her that the DOD is installing pan-up nodes around the entire facility due to the security breach and the kidnapping of the Astraeus crew. Carter and Joe are able to stop the installation in the observatory where the memorial will be held. Henry does the eulogy and is a bit surprised when Fargo passes on saying anything at all about Holly at the service. In Holly's memory, they dedicate a sodium beacon, which is, and I quote, a mesospheric laser that creates an artificial star for stellar cartography. In other words, as Carter points out, a giant laser pointer. The ceremony ends with Holly's favorite song, which also marks the fourth occasion that the song Car Wash has been used in the series. Unbeknownst to everyone other than Zane, Fargo has been spending time with Holly in the Matrix program. He doesn't do a bang-up job of acting the grieving boyfriend. You doing okay? Yeah, just wishing clip-ons were back in style. Had an awesome one in seventh grade. It had robots. No, I mean with today and Holly. Oh, right, um... Yeah, well, you know, I'm managing, taking it one day at a time. Do you know how long the ceremony's going to be? Because I have got a ton of work to do. I'm sure that Henry will be respectful of both Holly's memory and people's time. I'll take care of it. Now you just take care of yourself today. Awesome. I mean, thank you. Douglas, would you care to say something? Uh, no, no thanks, I'm good. Hmm. Okay. At Holly's reception, Carter offers to help Henry with Grace's research and his unconventional experiments, while Joe tells Zane that she's worried about Fargo. Zane makes excuses for him, but they're interrupted by Major Shaw, who tells them that they are also ordered to pack up everything relating to the Astraeus mission and ship it back to the DOD, although he pronounces it Astraeus. Zane hurries to disconnect Fargo from the program right as Holly was reprimanding him for not saying anything about her at her service and dedicating a lousy laser pointer to her. Fargo tries to stop them from taking the mainframe, but they have their orders. In order to try to save Holly, Zane offers to take it down. Fargo finally confesses to Joe and Allison that Holly's still inside. Allison, Henry, and Carter want to help him, but Joe keeps insisting on letting her go. It's not Holly. Everyone, Zane included, do not understand why she's reacting this way, and Joe does not understand why they're all willing to help Fargo feed his delusion. 
While Zane is working to save Holly's program before the mainframe is shut down, Joe confronts him about the Matrix and not being honest. She tells him that the relationship will never work if he's not honest with her. Zane complies by being honest to a fault. Be careful what you wish for. Carter and Henry begin the experiments, moving balls with his mind and Henry shooting paintballs. At first, Henry and Carter believe that the strange goings-on at GD are due to Carter's Z-waves, but eventually discover that it is all due to Holly attempting to communicate and get their intention. Everyone, including Bad Allison, as Carter calls her, teams up to try to keep Holly ahead of the pan-op virus scan that Shaw activated. Fargo is caught trying to download from the mainframe and lands in Joe's cell. Zane finally convinces Joe that she's not helping Fargo at all. Joe goes to talk to Fargo and tells him about her father never being able to let go of her mother. Car wash plays, and Fargo knows it's Holly. Fargo and Joe meet Henry and Carter in the observation lab, where they see Holly's note. Joe is now convinced that Holly is alive and trying to get their attention. Joe, who failed at convincing Shaw to stop the purge, takes matters into her own hands and disconnects the computer, stopping the purge. Shaw has her put in the brig. They get Holly to the safety of the observatory, but the laser pointer cannot hold her. She contains the explosion as long as she can, so everyone has time to run for cover. Eventually, she cannot contain the surge any longer and goes critical. Again, they think they've lost her. Joe is released when it is falsely determined that the pan-ops caused all of the disruptions that day. Henry surprises Fargo with a repaired memory lattice at the smart house and Holly alive and well in Sarah's wall. So what did you think of that? The episode was, it was okay. It didn't make much sense. It was a little frustrating. Well, I don't know why they wouldn't just involve Henry from the start. Why, why wouldn't they involve anybody from the start? Why Fargo and Zane keep this all to themselves, for one? I'm not sure. I, I guess because it's the, uh, what do you call it, the Matrix equipment. Yeah. Nobody wants anybody fooling around with the Matrix equipment. So I imagine, probably just for that reason, once they know it's Holly, yeah, I don't know why they keep it. Yeah. Like, how much time has passed since they've all come back to the Matrix because I feel like this is a little late to be having a memorial. Oh. It's been gone for a while, so why have it now? I don't know. They they never give us a time frame. Yeah. I'm trying to think of something that would give me a time frame, but there really isn't anything. I would think that they would have had Henry involved from the beginning because I think out of everybody, he would know more going back to, like, what was it, season one or season two with Kim, you know, downloading her... Oh, that's right. ...subconscious or her memories into another Kim. The only thing I can think of is Henry's so overreacting about Grace leaving. Yeah. And the Matrix is the whole reason behind Grace leaving. So I'm not sure that he would want anything to do with it. I'm not sure. I mean, well, this is the fourth time we heard Car Wash. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking that one. I actually found out something about this. Okay. (laughs) Well, I know you don't do social media at all. But on Facebook, there's a whole Eureka community. There's a lot of pages and groups, and they all sort of have something to do with each other. I've had it explained to me more than once, but I don't really understand what goes with what. But some of them are active, and some of them aren't. But there are times when cast members or people who worked on the show do show up on the pages, just, you know, to pop in once in a while. And there's this, his name is Stephen, and I don't know if it's Welky or Welk. But he was a producer or something on the show or assistant producer or something. I don't know. So he pops into the page once in a while, you know, to make a comment or somebody will ask him a question. So anyway, 
Somebody did ask him about car wash. The song is owned by Universal, so they could use it for free. And once they used it once or twice, it just became a joke, and they just kept using it. So yeah, that's another interesting, but it just became a joke after a while. It's owned by Universal, so it's free. At Holly's reception, Jack tells Vincent that Holly's death has been tough on all of them. Yeah. And this is like the second time Jack looked like he was going to get choked up, more so than anybody else. We have all Holly's favorites. Fusilli with Gruyere, peanut puree, and blackberry preserves on brioche. Mac and cheese and PB&J. Holly had a left I just, uh, I can't believe she's gone. Yeah. It's been tough on a lot of us. Thanks, Vince. It looks to me like he kind of feels responsible for her death, even though it wasn't actually him. Like, he's carrying around all that guilt that it was his MPC that killed her. Yeah. Because he seems to be reacting at some points more emotionally than than he would usually. It's more emotional than you would expect him to be. Right. I think he just feels responsible for everyone's safety. Uh, I don't know if it's, like, specifically her. I mean, maybe it could be. That's what I was thinking, because he knows it was his MP3 that killed her. Yeah. You know, even when they first came back and Fargo said I couldn't save her, and he said neither could I. You know, I feel like he feels a little more responsible because it was his MPC. I'm sorry, I said MP3 before. That was kind of the impression I was getting that they were trying to say, but nobody ever talks to him about it. And it doesn't seem to occur to anybody that he might be carrying some kind of guilt around, even though it wasn't actually him. No one really ever cares how he's feeling. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. So Henry is fixated on Grace's research, just like he was fixated on Kim's, obviously for different reasons, but you have these recurring themes. He's at the reception with all the... Research, he just doesn't leave it alone. Obviously, in Kim's instance, he was trying to find out who killed her or how she died. And then this, he just wants to get closer to Grace. It's just one of those reoccurring themes that we keep seeing the character do the same thing over and over again. I had a problem with this, the security system that they were putting in. Yeah. Now, it seemed to me that all they were doing was installing security cameras. Which you've always asked for. Go ahead. <laughs> Have I? Yes. Why don't they just run the security footage? <laughs> okay, so yeah. So, okay, so maybe I have. Yes. Which I would just assume was already there. So I don't understand what this whole new security system, what was it supposed to do? To me, all it seemed, if it was something other than just video cameras, then okay, I get it. But it just seemed to me like, you know, what's his name? Shaw pulled right. it up on, you know, on the system. And all it was was just, security feed. How was that supposed to stop anything from happening in that town or in GD? It did look like it was just security feed. It also went to the DOD, so not only were Joe and Fargo able to watch, but the DOD was getting this stream directly. But he said it picks up other things. I don't remember what the other things were, but it was a little more sophisticated than a security system. So, um, how does this pan-up system work exactly? The nodes provide networked all-in-one security wired directly to GD's main computer system and links to the DOD in Washington. Cameras, sensors, data input and output, they don't miss a trick. I'm surprised that Fargo's okay with these. In Virtual Eureka, they had a lot of stuff like this and it wasn't good. Anna might have saved your friends from that whole experience. Wouldn't the director do anything to prevent the loss of someone like Dr. Martin? You have no idea. 
But if they had a regular security system, Beverly probably wouldn't have been able to get in. They would have had film of Beverly stealing everything. Yeah. So, yeah. You don't remember saying, why don't they just check the video? I probably have, yeah. That sounds, <laughs> sounds right. And then there's Henry's experiments with Carter. They almost seem like he's do, pulling a practical joke on Carter. That's what, I, that's what I thought it was. I did, too, because he was that's laughing and smiling during everything. I don't think it was, but I thought that it was. Yeah. When he was uh, levitating the balls. Moving about in my mind. Yeah, there must be a better way to say that, but yes, just don't get too excited. <laughs> <laughs> Henry yeah. was laughing. Yeah. You know, there was a couple times when Carter brought this up and Henry was laughing. So it, it was an odd place to put laughing in if it wasn't a practical joke. Yeah, it's true. Because that's almost what it felt like. It would have been just like a, a random thing to throw in there, Henry just joking with Carter for no reason, you know. So that's why yeah. that's why I, I lean in that, it, that they weren't joking around. Oh no, I don't think they were, but it kind of yeah. looked like it. They it were, did, yeah. yeah. Bad timing. Uh, no, we were just uh, finishing up with something. I have a list of items from my inventory. I was hoping you could track down. Oh, we'll get right on that. Maybe I can find it with my mind. <clears throat> How would you do that? Just kidding. Uh, listen, we'll let you know as soon as we find your projects, Major. Super. Because there was no real reason for it, other than, you know, to make Carter think that he had special powers. Right. Which he was very disappointed when he found out that he didn't. Um, I don't know. We've been getting strange incident reports all day. Uh, doors opening and closing on their own. Uh, machines malfunctioning. Noises. All over, GD? So not just where I am? No, Carter, not just where you are. I'm disappointing. I liked Zane's honesty to her about her chili, her hair. Oh, yeah. And Allison looking smoking hot. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. And those little frown lines you get between your eyes when you're mad, they're adorable. Honest. Prison looks good on you. Also, you look about a thousand times hotter with your hair down. And I really don't like that chili you make, but I know it's your dad's recipe, so I just shut my mouth on that one. By the way, Allison, you look smoking today. Honest with me, with me. Right, yeah. Carter? Just one last piece of honesty. You put your ass on the line for Fargo today. For all of us. And then, this is a kind of a dumb question, but why is Fargo wearing jeans and a sweater in the Matrix when he went in with a suit? I don't know. I didn't even notice. Because the last time he went in before Zane had to rip him out. You didn't say anything about me? Well, what was I supposed to say? Hey guys, nice memorial and all, but Holly's still kind of alive. You could have at least acted upset. Well, plenty of people did. The planetary sciences team would not stop bawling. Cosmochemists are very sensitive, unlike certain people. So, what did you dedicate? <laughs> Only an awesome sodium beacon for the observatory. You named a laser pointer after me? It's for astroimaging. It's lame! Why didn't you ask me what I wanted? What? But I didn't think you would care! You're not even really- oh. Oh. Oh, you shut down the program with me inside! He was wearing jeans and a sweater, and sneakers. But while he was laying on the bed, he was in a suit. So, if he could change his clothes, why can't Holly get out of that awful outfit she's stuck in for I don't know how long? Um, maybe the- I don't know. Maybe it's just in the program? I don't know. But if Fargo could determine what he wants to wear when he's going in, why can't Holly change her clothes? Yeah, that's a good question. It is. Now, Carter's stuck with Holly in the house? Yes. Actually, I remember this episode when I when I watched it again, but yeah. I don't remember moving forward. 
Well, I don't want to give away too many spoilers, but yeah, yeah Holly's in the house. I'm assuming they work it out. And once again, we cover the thin line between privacy and protection. And Joe is usually on the side of protection, but this time she's on the ledge, although she goes along with it, the pan-op system. You and Dr. Fogger will be able to monitor all the notes from here. So will the DOD. Still seems kind of big brother for GD. Did you hear about the dark matter pair annihilation that took out Area 51? No. Exactly. Didn't happen, thanks to Panop. This isn't about spying. It's about protecting people. But she's kind of surprised that Fargo would approve it, which, of course, he's not in his right mind. Because I would imagine if you were in the Matrix, you would think this would be the first step to creating another Matrix-like community. Right. When Fargo was trying to break into where the Matrix mainframe was, I just kind of enjoyed all the uh, Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah, references. Frodo has reached Mordor. Repeat. Frodo has reached Mordor. Precious, where are you, my precious? He's very terrible at stealth. I mean, he made so much noise. Oh, I know. Got it. I'm in. Oh. Here's another question for you. Okay. Don't they have, like, a PA system? I know, huh? Why wouldn't Holly just kind of take that over just say out loud instead of using a laser to almost kill carter i mean that's what it looked like it looked pretty dangerous good thought i don't know i think there, I think there would have been an easier way for her to communicate with them than flickering light i think at one point i don't know where it was they said that she was getting better at communicating by the end so i guess she had to learn how to do it so yeah. i don't know yeah. and we find out that they recovered holly's body they've never mentioned that please dispose of dr martin Respectfully and securely. And we don't know where they recovered it or anything, but Joe says that as she's trying to convince everybody that Holly's not real, which was so obnoxious. Yeah, I don't know what her deal was. Well, she said that she saw her father losing it. You know, she's got a sob story for everything. Yeah. And that was so obnoxious. I was so happy when Zane finally just, you know, set her straight because she was just being obnoxious. Everything that's wrong with her life is sort of related to her losing her mother, which is a horrible thing. I'm not belittling that, but, you know, she's tried to keep up with her brothers all her life because she was raised by a father and, you know. A little bit too much. Like I said, I was glad when Zane finally puts her in her place and makes her see reason. Because once she gets an idea in her head, her ideas are her ideas and period. That's it. She doesn't listen to anybody else. You may be some sort of partial computer program, but Allison thinks that it's an emotional projection and Carter has no clue. And you can't possibly believe that that's really Holly. Joe, it doesn't matter what any of us think. Just Fargo. Yeah, but I I just want to... I don't know why you're so hung up on defining what she is. Because I've... Joe, you might think you're helping Fargo, but you're not. Of course, at the end, Zane offers Fargo a hug, which is so adorable. Yeah, that's, it was nice. I like that they're friends. They're just the most opposite. Yeah. Like I said, the episode they become friends is one of my favorite episodes, and I just like that they're friends. Do you have anything else? No, I don't think so. All right, so we'll see you next week. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. What, is Homeland Security too busy groping people to make a phone call? Hello? Yes. Hello? Well, they were no help, and now I'll probably get strip searched on every flight for the rest of my life. No luck with DARPA either, but we still have other avenues to pursue. Don't give up hope. Thanks, Allison.
You're a good friend. Boo! There! Holy! Did I scare you? Oh, you're, you're out, and you're here. Yeah, and I'm still a little mad at you. If you'd asked me about the sodium beacon, I could have told you that model is prone to terminal failover. But I guess you figured that out yourself. Be mad. Just promise me, don't ever leave again. I don't plan to. That is so romantic. I'm very excited to have you here, Dr. Martin. We're going to be best friends. This is going to be weird. Honestly, as long as I have you, I don't care. Okay, DC, tell us what's next. Join us next time for season five, episode eight, in Too Deep. Goodbye now. Bye. Bye. Please remember to follow us on our Facebook page. Yeah, that can't be good. At facebook.com backslash Eureka Rewatch or on Twitter at Eureka Rewatch. Links to information discussed during our podcasts will be added to our website at eurekarewatch.com. You can also listen to our podcast on Podbean. If you'd like to send us an email, please email us at eurekarewatch at gmail. We would love to hear from you. And we're now also available on Google Play.